Welcome to Fempreneur Secrets Podcast, where we share with you quick tips to unlock your fearless business potential. And at the same time, we're going to teach you how you can launch your first profitable business online. We also bring daring and fearless women entrepreneurs from all over the world onto the show so they can share their biggest secrets for success. So let's dive in to today's episode. And today I have Yvette. She is the founder of YNG, a slow fashion sustainable brand that is based in Singapore and she supports homemakers. Yvette, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Right, so just share with us what do you do at YNG? I do mostly products, sewing or like recently I took to illustrations because I can't do products and all the shops are closed. But then mostly we do sustainable products as best as I can because sustainability, as we all know, is a very, very big genre and people have different ways of going about it. So what I do is I either take sustainable fabrics like model, tensile, or I go to our local markets and then I get dead stock fabrics so they don't go into a pile of waste to be burned after that. And then from there, I think of the design that I want to do. And as much as I can, I try to make it as gender neutral as possible and every day as possible. And then I start to make prototypes and then I go to my home sewers wherever I am and then I get them to create these pieces. So it's kind of like the opposite. Instead of designing and then finding the material and then create, I find the material and then I design and then I create. I make them. That is actually quite a unique way of looking at um at clothing, I would say, right? Like normally you you come up with the idea first and then later on, you know, you build along the way. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. Sometimes you get a little bit stuck because <laughs> you're like, oh what do I do with this fabric? And then it sits there for a while and you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> okay. So how long have you been in business? Um 2018 I started, so it's about maybe two years. It started as like a hobby and then it kept on and then it kind of like never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good way to start. I think almost always uh, creatives start their business um, because it's a passion or it's True. a hobby. Yeah, and then later on, somehow, some way, uh, you know, the universe conspires to give you what you need in life. True, true. You just have to have that little push, as we said earlier, and then start. Yeah. So what actually inspired you to start this business? So basically, in my line of work, that is um, not my engine, I have a whole bunch of sewers and seamstress that work from home. Eventually, I moved on to other aspects of the job, and then I wanted to keep letting them have work so I started it was over a drink with my friend actually and then we talked and then she said why not you just start to like make something and then like get your home sewers to like sew I mean you can right then I said yeah I can try <laughs> then after that it started by going to the market and then looking at dead stock fabric after that I talked to them and then we had a chat to see who can do what because there's sizing there's grading and stuff so and then after that just happened kind of like that and then we had our first launch and then I was really happy and then it kept going and then we had our second launch and our third launch yeah 
Cool. I think that's really interesting. You know, sometimes you just need someone to push you to get started in business. <laughs> Very true. And then everything will conspire and then fall in for you. That's lovely. So do you have like, um, you know, like a professional background in uh, fashion? Is that the reason why you got started in this business? Not really in fashion. I do costumes for theater, actually. Also styling for photography. Not much fashion. So more theater, more live entertainment. So then I started to be able to touch fabrics from there. I started to be able to converse with different designers from all over the world and how they think and what they see and what material can be made into what and all the possibilities because you have to like kind of wow people on stage. And then I started to do like my little wow like in my own way. So like I wanted to work with sustainability and the materials and I realized polyester and like there's like generating a lot of plastic and stuff. So I was wondering is there anything I can do and also the mine fills are piled with waste every year and then they get burned and also it helped a little bit from what I can in terms of saving the environment I feel and then I'm not a person that I used to hoard actually like I used to buy a lot of things like like ask my mom my dad oh my god it's crazy but then this few years something changed Maybe starting this YNG changed me a little bit. And then I started to pair things with different, different things. And I start to be more aware of what I buy, where I'm buying it and where they're from, how they're made or who makes it. And then also things that are easy to pair. Like I generally just wear black all the time. For me, it's very, very easy. It's like, or, or like monotones. And, and then like easy to pair things. Yeah, I'm good for me. I might have gotten off the reel. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I started. Yeah, that, that's really an interesting story. Um, I think every single one of us, when we start, um, the story makes us who we are today. I mean, we at that point in time, you're going through it, you're like thinking, can I do it? You know, but uh, today, when you look back at the story, I'm sure it's so inspiring even to yourself. Yes, yeah. Sometimes I look at my less cluttered wardrobe right now and I go like, wow. I'm actually really happy. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I did this. It's really good. Yeah, so Yvette actually has a qualification from uh, NAFA and uh, she's a theatre major. So as you can tell, that's the reason why she actually got herself involved in theatre and then back into, um, you know, costume design. And then now where she is in uh, conscious, uh, sustainable um, fashion. When we had our conversation right before this, she shared a little bit about slow fashion. So Yvette, maybe you want to talk a little bit about what you mean by slow fashion. Slow fashion, for me personally, it means like buying things that can last a very, very long time. Things that can pair with everything. It's not um, what's in right now. It could be, not necessarily as well. Also things that you can give new life to after that. If let's say I don't feel like wearing this top anymore, give it to someone else and it could bring new life. It's not like dated and I wouldn't wear it or it's I can't go out with it. So even casually, formally, if you pair it with like shorts, you can still go to the market. If you pair it with like pants and you tuck it in and you wear piece, like a pair of wedges, you can still go to work with it. So slow fashion kind of means, for me, things that can last a very long time, easy to pair with, and it's like timeless. Cool. Okay, so, you know, with this whole COVID-19 situation, I'm pretty sure, you know, the business landscape for you also have changed. So what was your biggest challenge that you faced during COVID-19 and how did you pivot your business to overcome them? 
um, I couldn't go get supplies because all the shops are closed, as we know. So that's a bit sad. <laughs> so I worked with what I have at home because I have some leftover materials. I have some leftover, I like like natural crystals, stones, like pearls, like um, agates and stuff. So I have a little bit of those beads at home and I start to look into maybe making accessories, simple accessories. And I like the energy they give out. And also I started to take to illustration while I wait for the shops to open and I draw for people. If you want something, I can draw for you too. It's more like line work. You can let me know if you want. Then apart from that, I create for future, like what I will do when the shops can open. So I just get a little bit more stuff and then I can create more like, accessories related mm, okay so uh, from what I hear you, what you have just shared is that um, because of the limitations of not having access to supplies right now because shops are closed you pivoted your business and offered an additional service which is the designing of the design whether it's um, you know illustration for your own personal consumption or even for you to develop future products at uh, YNG is that right yeah yeah. All right. So does that mean that by the end of this whole COVID nineteen situation, uh, we can definitely expect lots more colors besides black? <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe, and also some like natural stones and stuff. I'm working with um black again, <laughs> black again, and then silver. I also do like silver, and I think wearing silver is very good. Um, from what I know, it gives like a good ions or like it generates like something with your body and helps with your blood circulating. So for our listeners who are, you know, like probably this is the first time that they hear about the concept of fast fashion versus slow fashion. Maybe you can explain a little bit about that and how they can implement this into their future business as well. Mm, so basically, I would say maybe look out for what kind of materials you buy and if they can last. I sometimes try, I try my best. I do have a few like poly blend, like one, but then I try not to go for poly blend because they have a lot of like plastic content in them. And then when you design in slow fashion, just think of all the possibilities that piece can be worn with and think of all the possibilities that you can do with it. Like I try to make mine gender neutral. So I just need to scale up the size or scale down the size and then um, look out for all the like cuts when you do your patterning. Make sure they are A, comfortable, B, easy to wear, C, easy to match for everybody. So for me, that's slow fashion. It's timeless it's like clothes that can last can match and then like, i try to buy local as much as i can like i was posted to work in china so at that point of time i also got to know some home sewers there because i couldn't physically be in singapore so i got the home sewers in china and then like and i bought local over there we all know it's a bit hard in china we don't know sometimes what we're buying but when you have the will you have the way you can just check and do your research and where are these materials coming from and these sewers from home find them out for me i use sewers from home but if you make like do a, use a factory make sure they pay their people right they give the right environment for them that's like not a crying baby at the side beside a sewing machine you know just make sure all these are in place and I think you're moving along the right way. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, so 
back to the question on slow fashion versus fast fashion. So what's the difference between the two? Fast fashion, I would imagine, is things that you would wear once or twice and then you wouldn't wear it again. You would just like forget it slowly and then it will sit at the back of your hanging rack and then one day it will like be folded into like another section of your folded pile of clothes and then it will be like long forgotten. So that's for me, fast fashion, things that you will not keep wearing and you will not think of to like, hey, I will wear this. And slow fashion is like what I said before, it's like you will keep wearing, it's like your go-to piece. Like, I, oh, okay, I'll just wear this. I don't have to think a lot. I can easily wear that, yeah. And uh, you also shared just now uh, in the beginning of the, um, of the interview that the landfills are filled with waste from fabrics. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so every year, like if... If we Google, because I always just Google for a lot of information so I know where things are going, where my things are coming from. There are a pile of landfills with fabrics, not just fabrics, actually plastics and like waste from our daily lives. They, they cannot go back into earth. So for example, go back into earth, like if it's like 100% cotton, if it's linen, they will disintegrate and they will eventually go back to earth. So that's, that's sustainable. It's non-sustainable is like when they just lay there and 10,000 years later, they, they still lay there and they just don't provide anything to the world. All these landfills are filled with all the... Because people want to buy new fashion, fast fashion, and people want to have the most in thing all the time. Like the factories are generating a lot of all these fabrics, but then not a lot of people can consume all of these fabrics and then they put a year or so and then they start to maybe break down a little so maybe their color is not as bright maybe bugs eat into them maybe they're not in anymore and then people just don't buy it or they just okay i don't want that fabric um and then they just all get kept and piled onto the landfills and then eventually get burnt set on fire and then bye-bye fabrics <laughs> <laughs> okay i mean that's that's quite sad it goes to show how much we are consuming at the rate that we are consuming our you know our fashion and also the things that we ha- wear the clothes that we have at home the way that we consume it is just so fast and so ever evolving that we actually don't care about the environment so i think what you have done is actually quite a noble uh, mission to you know kind of like educate people about the importance of the environment and it comes down even to the clothes that you wear and the fabrics that you choose. So yeah, I think thanks thanks for, you know, doing this, starting the YNG and I would say that that is in itself a fashion revolution. It is a movement that you Thank have. You. Yeah, so good job. <laughs> good job Thank you. That. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm happy. I take fashion, re- so they are a platform, this fashion revolution and I take them as an example when I do my brand as well. I mean, they're all searchable online and on Instagram. So I take their notes, I take in the information that they write and then I start to work in line with them as well. Yeah. Cool. They, they are an inspiration. I'm sure. I think we are always inspi- inspiring one another, always getting inspired from one another. I think the whole landscape of fashion and uh, women entrepreneurship, this is how it is. So that actually leads me to my next question. This is a question that I ask all my interviews or everyone who I interview, I will ask this question. So my question to you is that if there was one thing that you wish someone would have told you when you started your business, what would that be? You might cry somewhere along the road and like give up all the time yeah 
But no, I was told, no, go for it. it it's great. Like, just go for it. It will all be great. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Not all the time is that great. Most of the time is like, oh my God, I cannot do this anymore. I don't think I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's actually um what you know you have you have good cheerleaders in your life. They are cheering you on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they forget to remind you of the reality, right? Yeah, yeah. When I lay in bed at night, because they cheer me on, but I physically have to do it myself. When I physically have to push through it by myself, I go like, oh my god, I cannot. I may not be able to do this. Can I stop? Can I just close? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, definitely. I think uh, that's actually a good point to raise uh, that, you know, the reality of entrepreneurship and versus what others perceive it is very, very different. Uh, in order for you to really know what it is, you have to go through the journey. <laughs> it's true. It's not easy at all. Definitely. But there's like, once you push something out and like people love it and they support it, that makes me really happy too. So it, it, it quits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lovely way to put it. Okay. Yeah. Like, keep myself positive all the time. Of course, of course. <laughs> okay, so how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, through, through my Instagram handle, which is at yng.sg, or like um, my website, which is um, www.y-ng.co. Uh, and then also, I just recently, because of COVID, I started a Pinkoi shop. So Pinkoi is a platform that is started from Taiwan, I believe. And um, they sell designer stuff, like local designers. And there's a lot of sustainable stuff on it or like one-off designs. And like, so I started on Pinkoi and started to sell my stuff. And I started to also put up my illustration that is um, solely with Pinkoi. It's illustrations. is something that I told you um, had started for this whole COVID-19 period when I don't know what I can do without my supplies. So I don't put it on my Instagram. It's all on Pinkoi. So these three platforms are what I work with right now. Cool. Okay. So our dear listeners, if you are listening in right now and you want to get in touch with Yvette, you can go on over to www.y-ng.co and you can also find her on Instagram, yng.sg. Okay, so um, Yvette, do you have any words of wisdom for our fanpreneurs who are listening in? I would say believe in what you put in on yourself, like get some humble pieces and then like play your part as like an ethical shopper because you as consumers can like vote through your purchase, like slowly one step at a time, nothing too extreme. <laughs> but, and I think in, in future, it will all start to get slowly better for the environment for all of us. Nice. That's a very lovely words of wisdom. Okay, so Yvette, thank you so much for sharing your story and also giving a little bit insight into conscious uh, fashion. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here, Yvette. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Huda. Now, if you need the step-by-step support, guidance and someone to really, really point you in the right direction, you can apply to join the Profitable Fempreneur Program. Now, this program was designed for women who needs that support, needs someone to tell you exactly what needs to be done in your business with some form of customization to suit the industry that you are in. It's time for you to unlock your fearless business potential and achieve your desired income without the complicated tech, feeling like a soulless ghost or feeling clueless to launch. 
Through this six-month group coaching program, you'll gain clarity and move from clueless to fearless as you activate your divine potential and design your potent offer that leads your clients running to swipe their credit card. At the Profitable Fembrenia Program, we give you what you need in order for you to unlock this fearless potential that you have. So now I'm inviting you to completely skip the painful mistakes and 10,000 hours of investment that it would take for you to achieve mastery and learn from someone like me who knows the path. So don't waste any time any longer. So just book the call right now, the Feminine CEO chat, and we are going to have a discussion about what your unique superpower is. Right, so go on over to fempreneursecrets.com forward slash CEO chat and apply right now. If you found this episode helpful, valuable and beneficial for you to kickstart and jumpstart your business journey, give us a 5-star review on Apple Podcast. Or you could do us an even better favor. Record yourself, share with us what your greatest findings were in this episode and tag us on Instagram at Secrets. So with that, remember to keep learning and keep believing in yourself because the world needs an inspiration just like you. Stay fearless and I'll see you in the next episode.